Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. We have made it to June. My heavens, it is Tuesday, June 1st. Wherever you are, uh, I wish you God's goodness. Um, I wish you peace. Uh, and I wish you uh, just to know and open yourself to the uh, nearness, the love, and the presence of God uh, right now, right here, today, in your midst and in my midst. Praise God for that. Today, my friends, we celebrate a feast day. Again, you know, yesterday we did the Feast of the Visitation. This one is a step or three down, uh, but it is the memorial, so it won't change our readings for today like yesterday did. That was a high feast day. Today is the memorial of St. Justin Martyr. St. Justin Martyr. And I remember being at a uh, presentation some years back. And they were talking about uh, Justin Martyr, and the gal looked at the rest of us and said, we know two things about Justin Martyr, that his name was Justin and that he was a martyr. My friends, that's the kind of depth that you come to this podcast for, because I don't know. No, I mean, can anybody else really hand that to you in such a way as this, you know, we know two things about Justin, his name and the fact that he was a martyr. So, brothers and sisters, on this feast of St. Justin Martyr, when actually at the end we'll add like maybe a few other things, wasn't quite as good as the gal said, but we'll add a, uh, quite a, a few things anyway to, to Justin and his life. But aside from that, let's go into Mark. Remember how last week we were in Mark chapter 10 for the most part. And today, uh, at the end of the week, we went into Mark 11. Today, we are going to go through Mark 12. So Mark 12, verses 13 to 17. Pretty famous story here today. So let's break that open together, shall we? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Some Pharisees and Herodians were sent to Jesus to ensnare him in his speech. They came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you are not concerned with anyone's opinion. You do not regard a person's status, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or should we not pay? Knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius and look at it. They brought one to him, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They replied to him, Caesar's. So Jesus said to them, Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. They were utterly amazed at him. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting. The Pharisees and Herodians were sent. Now, they were sent by the, the Sanhedrin, the governing council of the temple, uh, to ensnare Jesus in his speech. Their, their, their whole point was to trap him. That's what they're trying to do. They're not engaging in dialogue so as to learn, 
um, so as to become a follower, so as to know more about who God is and who they are. They're concerned with what their understanding is and ensnaring him because he's not like them. And here's the trap, of course, that they set. You, you already know this, but I'll just put it out in daylight. That if Jesus were to say, uh, yes, pay taxes to Caesar, that is what we're called to do, then these Pharisees and Herodians would know that, uh, well, what these Pharisees would, and Herodians would, would see and, and already know, the reason they're trying to trap him is the people would resist. The people would no longer side with Jesus or a great number of them because they don't want to pay taxes. They feel the Romans are, are occupiers, they're, they're uh, empire in a, in a land not their own, and, and so they would, he would lose his popular support. So that's side A of the coin, if I may use that analogy today. But if he says the other side, if he goes to side B, as it were, and he says, no, we are not to pay taxes, then it becomes sedition. Then it becomes as something against the Roman state, against the emperor, who, by the way, was, was thought to be God on earth. And, uh, and that is a charge with which they can bring him up. So either way he answers, he's caught in that vice. But God, in God's wonderful goodness, uh, doesn't allow himself to be caught up in these games. In fact, he names the games. Why are you testing me? And here he turns the table, in a sense, and, and, and puts the game back on them. Bring me a denarius, he says. Look at it. And now, it was considered to be carrying this, uh, this coin, uh, was considered to, to uh, not only have a debt to the one to whom uh, is imprinted and, and, and made it, so a debt to Caesar, but it was an idol. It was a false idol at the time. And so it's why, remember the money changers in the temple? This was the money they changed because the temple did not carry uh, Roman coins. It had its own coinage because it fought foreign coins like that to be an idol, right? So Jesus says to them, uh, why are you testing me? Give me a denarius. Let's look at it. And so they produce one. Why? Because they're carrying it. And so in, in asking them and them producing it right away, everybody sees they've got one. Jesus didn't have one. Isn't that interesting? And so, and so in a sense, he ensnares and entraps them. And, and of course, then he, 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 he asks the, the question, which is just confounding and beautiful, whose image and inscription is it Caesar's? Well, then repay to, repay to Caesar what belongs to him and to God what belongs to him. I mean, it's beautifully done, right? So what can we learn? I mean, again, what the Spirit invites us to, please don't go where I invite you to. Please uh, let the Spirit take you where the Spirit needs to. But for me, when I was praying over this this morning, the, the, the thing that kept coming to my mind was that image of power and control. The, uh, the, the Herodians here, the Pharisees here, they're not interested in anything Jesus has to say. They're interested in their way of life sustaining itself. And to do that, they need to get rid of Jesus. And to do that, they're going to entrap him. That's, that's all they're entering into this dialogue about. 
It doesn't have to do with what can I learn from you? Uh, what can you learn from me? It doesn't have to do with how, how might I change? How might the spirit open? How might I might open myself to the spirit? How might I be converted within that? Instead, it's about a dance that they're doing to see who's going to win. Brothers and sisters, I um, have the uh, gift, I guess. Uh, gift might be the wrong word. Um, a blessing that is given to me is that I get to meet with couples before they get married. And we get to do what's called, you know, just some pre-marriage counseling. And one of the things I always talk to, to them about is um, if your marriage becomes about power and control, if it becomes about winning and losing, that you know what loses? The relationship loses. If one wins and the other has to lose, the relationship also loses. Um, and anything, brothers and sisters, anything can be about power and control. I tell them money can be about power and control. Like, like we see in this story, sex can be about power and control. Uh, parenting can be about power and control. Um, uh, where we eat this Friday night can be about power and control and how we make decisions and, and whose career is the one that, that becomes more important or, or not, or, or how we solve a, a, a problem or how we, and when we communicate. Anything, brothers and sisters, where we go on Christmas and Christmas Eve can be about power and control. And until and unless both sides equally enter into this and we dialogue and it's a true dance, um, if, if it's a true dance, it, becomes, it can become beautiful. But if it's not, if it's one simply leading the other and the other loses their voice in it, the relationship loses. I guess what I, I say this about is this. It can be hard living in a world that is constantly changing uh, and constantly dynamic to continually change ourselves or be open to change? When do we get to stand on, upon which we, we stand? But if, my friends, our God is dynamic, if God is always beyond what you and I know, mustn't we not always be open to that idea of change in the best sense of that word? It doesn't mean we change from, you know, um, uh, our, our love for Jesus Christ and our love for God and, and the, the centrality of who God is in our life. I don't think those things ever change. But how we understand God and how that interacts in our life and how that uh, causes me or invites me to live within the world, I think those things constantly have to be changing. And we only do that through dialogue and encounter with God, with Scripture, with the Eucharist, and with one another. Because, brothers and sisters, to the extent that we go into conversations thinking we have arrived and we need learn nothing this person has for me, that they've got nothing to offer me, to the extent that I am like that, I become a Pharisee or a Herodian here. That I'm going in to maybe manipulate or to maybe, uh, you know, win a debate or maybe to just pacify or coddle or whatever it would be. But to the extent that we truly open ourselves, that's where we encounter God and that's where we truly encounter the other person. And we allow ourselves to be changed because 
if Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life, which he says he is, then we have nothing to, to fear in opening ourselves to that truth, capital T, because we ever need to, to pursue that more, right? Uh, and that can, be a, that can be a scary thing. It can be a scary thing. The priests and Herodians and, and Pharisees here, they, they weren't looking for that. They were going in, attempting to trap, so they didn't have to change, and their world didn't have to change. But I think our God invites us to more. We honor and worship a, guy, not a God who is dynamic and live in a world that is dynamic. And so we need to ever pursue that understanding and that wholeness of who God is, and it's always going to be beyond us. But we need to open ourselves when we encounter God and through whom and, and what we encounter this God and, and not be afraid of what that truth may invite us to. Let's just take a moment and, and talk about Justin Martyr. And, and, and to, the, to the same point we're saying, Justin Martyr was a philosopher uh, in, uh, so second century is what we're talking, um, the, uh, the 100s. Uh, in, so the church was, was in its infancy. It's only 100 years old. And he was a, a follower of Plato, so the Greek philosophers. And he encountered Christ through, uh, you know, people explaining the church to him. And he had the openness to say, Plato was fantastic, but Plato was only a precursor to who Christ is. And he became, and he stayed a philosopher. He was, in fact, the first Christian philosopher uh, in, in the world, in the church. And what he did was he said, you know, Plato was a pedagogy. Plato was a step to Christ. And he incorporated much of that philosophy of Plato and the Greeks into his understanding of who Christ was. And he would um, uh, then bring it to the peoples. In fact, there are only two things that, that were brought down beyond his name and what happened to him uh, that he passed on to us, two apologies, meaning apologetics, uh, ways that he was uh, trying to help uh, promote and evangelize in his day and convert those who were in the, the Greek philosophical world. And both of those apologetic uh, statements he addressed to the Roman emperor and the Senate. And this was at a time when uh, the uh, persecutions were happening. So this was a man who was open to dialogue, who knew he hadn't derived fully a truth, and he embraced it when he found it in Jesus Christ, and then tried to bring other people to it, even though it meant persecution for him, and ultimately, in the year 165, his death. Uh, and so again, I think, I think Justin, as opposed to the, the Pharisees and Herodians today, have much to teach us, my friends. Let's pray. And so again, uh, let's continue through the glorious mysteries this week, and let's just bring to God whatever is on our heart and trust. He, he'll take it. It's at the right place when we bring it there. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And the second glorious mystery, the ascension. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you on this Tuesday, June 1st, and uh, hopefully we can come together again tomorrow and break open God's word once again. God's peace.